0: you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of ron
1: am i a burden what
0: (laughs) hey what is going on you do everything for me it's not fair i'm your mom It's my job to take care
1: of you when you need me.
2: And you need me. Mom? You may not understand this right now. But I am doing what I know is best for you.
1: I know that I've scared you.
2: But I will spend every minute of our lives making sure you never feel that way again.
0: I'm your mom. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Run, and the story is as follows: A homeschool teacher begins to suspect her mother is keeping a dark secret from her. The film is starring Sarah Paulson and Kira Allen. It is written and directed by Anish Shaganti and written by Sev Ohanian. Here to join me for this podcast review, I have Dan Baer.
2: Good morning.
0: And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. All right, everyone, so Run movie that was supposed to be released on Mother's Day in theaters got pushed off due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now it is being released in time for Thanksgiving. A great movie to watch over the holidays with mom, I must say. <laughs> this is now uh, currently streaming on Hulu at the moment, so it's widely available for everybody. And, you know, I think a bunch of us here were excited for a couple of different reasons. One, it's Sarah Paulson. you yeah. You don't need much more than that, right? But that's a good start. And then also, it was the follow-up to Anisha's first uh, debut film, Searching, uh, which premiered at the Sundance Film Festival in 2018, to very strong reviews. Uh, That was one of my favorite movies of that year and definitely a very impressive debut. Now he has ditched the screen gimmick of searching and goes with a more traditional uh, narrative here, albeit it's definitely a two-hander between Sarah Paulson and newcomer Kira Allen. So there's definitely a lot to talk about here. Why don't we hear first from Dan? Dan, what did you think of Run?
2: this movie made me miss movie theaters so much Yeah, because there are so many moments that you just know would get a huge audience reaction of laughter or applause or yelling back at the screen. And it, it made me miss that communal experience in so many ways. It is a, it's just a perfectly well done thriller i so many clever moments and kira allen is just fantastic like making her feature debut and holding her own more than holding her own against sarah paulson like i mean (laughs) your faves could never
0: we came for Sarah Paulson, we left saying Kira yep. Allen. I mean, she steals the movie from Sarah Paulson, which is no small feat to do.
2: Yeah, I, it's it's incredible, and she does it, you know, all from a wheelchair. It She's great. Sarah Paulson is great, of course. I'm in love with the score of this movie, and I'm in love with the way, like, you know, I think it's pretty much all the same team from Searching, and like the way that They use the score along with the cinematography and the editing is just like, it creates so much tension in so many scenes. And I just love it. All right. Let's hear now from Josh Parm.
1: Josh,
0: what did you think of Run?
1: So I really do feel like I have to co-sign with a lot of what Dan said. I think this movie is just such a fun and entertaining watch that, like, pretty much from beginning to end, I think it just really understands what it needs to do to be a very entertaining and compelling thriller, and it really gets you invested in the story and these characters, and I think a lot of that is also down to these performances. I agree that we all know that Sarah Paulson is great, and she's great in this movie, too, but the real discovery really is Kira Allen. Like, it's really just a fantastic performance for what is required here. And I was really just sort of blown away by it. And I think that this movie really is, is really good at like having some interesting clues laid out in terms of what the movie is actually going to be about. And I think it builds tension and atmosphere really well. I do think that maybe by the end, it starts to lose a little bit of that impact when stuff becomes a little bit more pedestrian and you can kind of figure out where it's headed but it's still very kind of enthralling still. And I think that's a lot down to the filmmaking. And, yeah, I, I still find it to be a really, like, thoroughly entertaining movie that I just had a blast watching.
0: I definitely co-sign uh, everyone's thoughts here in terms of how much uh, fun this movie was. It's no surprise that fun rhymes with run. And that's exactly what run is throughout most of its runtime. time. Uh, Jesus, I got to stop with these, like, puns. Uh, so... <laughs> The movie has these really, really well, tightly constructed sequences of suspense that, you know, I I had an interview with Anish, and, you know, there's definitely references to Hitchcock uh, Mm -hmm. throughout this movie and other horror films as well. In fact, there's even um, sprinkles of, like, dialogue in there that directly reference uh, other horror films, too. And, you know, you can definitely sense that this is a filmmaker who is – in very, very tight command of his filmmaking prowess. And he's able to utilize, as Dan said before, score, editing, cinematography to kind of just guide us through this movie. I mean, this film moves and it moves really relentlessly. There's absolutely yeah. no fat on this whatsoever. Yeah. Oh my and God. And I think that that really helps in terms of the experience that you know the both of you were just talking about because while i wouldn't say that it's like a horror film in the way that say like the invisible man is it does have that emotional pull that invisible man does where you're really engaged in it as
2: an audience member and the thrills just completely suck you in for the ride i completely i i so this was my second time watching the movie. I had initially watched it as part of the Nightstream Film Festival a while back. And watching it this time, like, I had completely forgotten how fast it moves. I mean, you know, it's called Run, but still. Um, you know, this <laughs> the, the, the way it moves is ridiculous. I there We got to a certain scene I was like oh my we're here already and it had been like barely a half an hour into the movie and it just I it knows exactly what it needs to do to get that tension and thriller aspects across it lives and breathes this genre.
0: And even when, like, you think that the movie has built up towards its climax, where, you know, (laughs) it's like you think that the climax is a scene on the road. No, it's actually this is the climax, the scene in the house. No, it's actually this is the climax in the hospital. And it just keeps going and going and going. Yeah. And you're wondering as it's going, like, when is the movie going to reach, like, its absolute peak? And then how is it going to end? And I have to admit, watching it again and the line that they choose to end it on the moment they choose to end it on and where the two characters ultimately end up, by the <laughs> way,
2: is just so damn satisfying. <laughs> I love the ending of this movie so much because it is so sick and twisted like it is almost hereditary level, sick and twisted, but it's also so satisfying. <laughs> exactly. It, it's such exactly. a this pump. Fuck yes. Moment.
0: And to your point, I think that like, you know, had I seen this like with a large audience on opening weekend, I think the audience would have erupted in applause at the very end and it just would have achieved the desired effect. And I still believe that even, you know, watching it at home on Hulu, it still does have that ability to get you to feel those moments and definitely reminisce on missing the theater experience. Um, But there is nothing quite like obviously, you know, being in a theater and the gasp inducing moments, the moments where literally like there's one moment in particular where, uh, Chloe, uh, Kira Allen's a uh, character in this movie drinks something that just had my
2: jaw like mm. on the floor because I just couldn't so believe good. like the I, I, that moment is so good. There, there is what right now in my mind is the single best cut of the year in this movie after um the scene on the roof okay when she finally gets back inside and mother f- cut yeah and i was like I was like i if that was in a theater the audience would be laughing and applauding just because of where that cut comes it is so Agreed. perfectly played
0: and that roof sequence, too, is definitely one of my favorite sequences of the entire year. I... So good. Freaking loved that sequence so much. And it was mostly because, too, I was just thinking about it from the perspective of Kira Allen, who is really disabled in real life and just trying to think, did she do all this? Is there a stunt yeah. double? Was there a head replacement? What is going on here? Because, once again, as we mentioned, like... I think we're all and once everybody else sees this movie, I think we're all going to just be in agreement that Kira Allen is just so impressive in this movie mm-hmm. with not just her emotional performance,
2: but also physically uh, what she's asked to do in this movie as well. And also like just the, the structure of that scene and how she MacGyvers her way out of that room is just it's so impressive. And I love that every character in this movie even like the smaller characters like they're smart they do all the things that characters in these types of movies don't usually do
1: mm-hmm.
2: like you know and they do it right away like the um the post office guy yeah the postal yeah. worker like that would that scene would not play out that way in like 9 out of 10 other movies
0: <laughs> and i agree the Nurse yeah.
2: at the end um also like w- there's no way that would happen in 9 out of 10 other movies and like i just love that everyone in this movie is so smart she Kier Allen's character she is so smart and so clever and like the movie is is just as clever as the characters are and i i just love it
0: and you know there's a line of dialogue in the very beginning where yeah. um sarah paulson says chloe is the most capable person i know so right from the very beginning
2: in the ass doesn't it (laughs) exactly
0: like there's great setup there as to who this character is and the fact that she will not she refuses to be held down by her mother and i i think that there is a very simple but extremely effective story going on here between uh this mother-daughter relationship yeah
1: what I really appreciate about this movie is that it does take a lot of time to kind of really think about these characters in this situation and tries to apply logic as much as possible. And I think there are some instances in which it does rely on some contrivances, and those do kind of stick oh, out yeah. to me a little oh, bit. yeah, of course.
0: Like the uh, pharmacy where she's like, oh, we're doing
1: like, a scavenger hunt. I'm like, Psh please. I'm like, there's no way anyone would believe that. (laughs) Or or even like after that great rooftop sequence, which I agree is fantastic, but then it ends on her needing her inhaler. And it's like, you didn't think to bring the inhaler with you. Like you, you (laughs) plan for everything else, but not the inhaler. Like, but I, but I like how, you know, kind of
0: like, you know, you think back to, you know, classic cinema with like safety last and how you just keep throwing obstacles in front of your protagonist for them to overcome. And, I really, really like that this movie does that for Chloe. It's like she solves one problem, but then she's got another problem she has to take care of right after that. And I I really, really love that escalating tension.
1: Yeah, I just think you can overdo it just a little bit. It doesn't like ruin the movie, but they Uh, just stick out to me because there are so many other like great little moments that aren't telegraphed as much and just really do feel like very smart competent writing like one of my other like favorite moments that happens early on which is sort of the moment i knew oh i'm gonna love this movie is when uh the post office guy is like dropping off the mail and uh chloe's waiting for the acceptance letters from her college oh, yeah. and then she opens the door yeah <laughs> and her mom is there and she looks at and she just sees her mom's car on with the door open and it's like it's a small moment not telegraphed yeah greatly but it's like just enough information for you to understand kind of what's going on and it's such great writing and filmmaking on display that i just really respond to that i think it's really well done and it's like
2: like this girl isn't going to get into a state school yeah <laughs> like come on <laughs> That's another thing too, that I also really
0: like the decision to base this in a small town in Washington state where um, it's not a suburban neighborhood. They're pretty isolated from the rest of the town. And, you know, as a result, you know, it really is just her and her mom that are here with no one else around that she could like cry for help if she needed to. So then all that needs to be done, once again, in terms of just like laying the obstacles out in front of uh, in front of Chloe is you got to just find ways then to not give her access to the phone and to the internet. And then she's truly trapped and there's nothing that she can do. I I think that the decision to put the movie in that kind of a setting, uh, was actually like brilliant way to really give this movie an extra level of tension because the options
2: for help are just so limited. Yeah. And the, um, the scene where she, uh, where she calls four one, one, Oh, my God. Yeah, That entire entire scene, I'm like, yes, yes, that is exactly what you do at this moment. (laughs) So good.
1: Especially since, like, we don't get – we don't even get scenes of people calling 411 anymore. And the fact that they did that and was able to create an actually, like, tense sequence out of it that felt organic and natural to the moment, didn't feel manufactured, was – like incredible to watch unfold.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree. I also really love, uh, we mentioned before, just very, very briefly, you know, the cinematography of this film and like the choice of camera movements, like this is not a colorful, like, you know, expressive, hashtag one perfect shot kind of a movie. But in terms of camera movement, and how slick the movie just looks overall and the way that it, it you that Anish like utilizes just the camera to really uh isolate Chloe, especially on moments where, you know, the film like drops its uh sound and then like she's it's like emphasizing like her heavy breathing, her disorientation, and oh, so on yeah. and so forth. Like I, I think that the movie just has this really, really good command over the filmmaking craft to really like allow us as an audience to get sucked into this character's emotional headspace and as a result we really really care about her and we're really rooting for her every step of the way then
2: hey Hey there i'm hannah and i'm audrey
0: You know, they have like that opening, for example, uh, the opening montage of uh, her daily routine, right? In the so very beginning. Oh, good. It's such great character setup because also not only do we have that, but we also have the uh, lines of text in the beginning that uh, show the pre-existing conditions that Chloe is uh, born with. So it's like we get such a great understanding of who she is and what she has to go through on a daily basis just to even function. And I, I think that it's all just wonderful storytelling to get us emotionally invested. And the movie also doesn't politicize that either, which I really appreciated as well. Like, it, you know, there's a lot of talk nowadays about pre-existing conditions, obviously, you know, in in politics and, you know, uh, if it's going to be covered underneath like health insurance or not. And this is not a movie about that
1: at all. Well, it it doesn't politicize it, but I, I think it actually does it in one sequence, but it is for a very particular reason. And that's at the pharmacy. Like, And it's sure it's but it's also used as like kind of a throwaway joke, which I did love. I, I love that she goes up to everybody's like, basically, like, yeah. let me cut in line because I'm in a wheelchair. Like, feel sorry for me.
2: Hilarious. Yeah, that part like, was funny. The guy funny. that she yeah. asks first and he's like, what are you talking? I've been waiting here for, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: like that, is a politi- a, that is like politicizing what she's going through, but it's doing so in a very pointed way. And, For storytelling purposes, for character purposes, to increase tension within the scene, to have a moment of of levity. Like, it's still very smart in the way that it approaches this subject and what this character is going
2: through. And I really did find myself appreciating that. Yeah, and how the pharmacist is like, I can't tell you what these pills are because privacy laws. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Although, oh. you know, the one scene that uh, I like, I, I, I kind of rolled my eyes at once again, plot contrivances is, is the scene where she calls uh, the guy on the phone randomly and oh, he's having yeah. like a fight with his girlfriend and <laughs> she's like, oh, don't worry, she'll come around to you. And then he's all like, oh, all right, what can I help you with? And I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm like, okay. all right, maybe may, maybe in Washington state, but that shit would never fly here in New York.
2: That's for sure. It <laughs> would have hung up within five seconds. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was one of those contrivances that I was like, "eh, like I get what they're going for, but you know, especially since the four one one sequence was so great, and then yeah. it's like this random guy. I, I don't that's know how it
2: ends. Like, yeah, yeah,
1: that's not how it's really working for me. Although I did love that smash cut to the tomato.
2: Oh, so yes, crazy. so. Good. And yes, then, and then back to her with the phone on the floor, and you're like, "Oh, fuck!" Yeah. It was a great way to end it. It, it, yeah. took,
1: it was a little bumpy to get there, but the ending to that scene was fantastic.
0: And that's what I mean is that even if like the screenplay like has like these little bumps in here and there, like little tiny ones, not enough to derail the entire movie necessarily. There's uh, so much going on with the editing, the camera work, and the score. Uh, well, and you know, the score. Like, I'm not going to say it's like completely memorable or I don't even think it's as good as searching necessarily, but yeah. it's pleasing to listen to. And it definitely does pronounce itself and make it. And it does, it is a standout in the movie. Like you definitely notice it.
2: I think it is used so effectively from right. what they're trying yeah. to do. Um, yeah. there, But there are moments though. Like when, <laughs> the moment when Sarah Paulson's character, just like does a, it comes after, ah, oh, it, I love the fake out phone call so much. Which one was that? Oh, yeah. When she, when you think she's talking on the phone to the pharmacist. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her out and trying to explain what's happening. And then you realize, oh, she's not even really making the phone call. She's just mm-hmm. like practicing it to see how it would go. And then she, I love that so much. And then cut to her on the internet and she just types in household neurotoxins <laughs> I'm like really
0: I'm also just genuinely curious too like Uh, When it's revealed exactly like what Diane has done with Chloe.
2: Oh, yeah. When she locks her in the basement with all the evidence of everything that has happened. But
0: not even that, but more so like when you do get the reveal of that evidence and you are able to piece together exactly like what has happened. And great call back to the beginning of the movie then, because that was another good fake out, I thought. Um, where all of a sudden now the, the, uh, beginning of the film, like kind of makes a little bit more sense to us now that we have new information, but I, I did like kind of ask myself, how could somebody get away with that for that long? But then again, I did have to like remind myself they are in complete isolation for the most part. And her act, her access to the outside world is, you know, extremely limited. So I mean, like she's homeschooled by her, for example. So there's not a lot of opportunity for people and for her to even ask questions about her predicament. And, and then and, there's the,
2: that yeah. throwaway line about how Chloe said like 12 doctors in seven years or something like that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to me, the like logic of the kind of third act isn't what really trips me up. It's actually just more so that that's sort of where I expected the movie to go. And um, yeah. and I think that was sort of what was disappointing to me about the third act, is that I was still finding myself really enjoying the movie just based on the craft and the performances, but I felt like the first hour spent so much time being like pretty smart and very clever in its storytelling. And then we get to the big reveal at the end, and it's like... Yeah, I, I kind of figured that's where we were going, but sort of hoping that maybe we were on a different path. But no, it just sort of went to the conclusion that I kind of felt like it was heading towards. And that was like, yeah, okay, like I get it. That's what we're doing. It's still fun, but I didn't really feel the same amount of kind of innovation with the storytelling as I got in like the first hour of the movie. And so the third act came and it's like, this is fun, but it's not quite as engrossing to me
2: as what came before. Yeah. See th- to me that like, that is just for me further evidence that they know exactly all the genre elements that they're working with yeah, and sure. are just doing them so well because yeah, it kind of is where you expect it to go. But they do it so entertainingly and so well that I don't really care.
0: I also find it very impressive, too, that Sarah Paulson is able to, I think, tap into the one identifiable element about this character and root her performance not in camp and also not in pure villainy, but in actual, like, grounded emotional trauma. Yes. Where, like, we actually, like – Like, this performance, I think, could have gone a totally different direction uh, in the hands of another actor or just even, you know, a a mismatch between uh, actor and director, too, uh, and just trying to find the tone of this performance. But, like, when we do get to that third act and you realize just how psychologically damaged uh, this character really truly is and the level of depth of that hurt Mm -hmm. that she feels that she has had to go through all all of these lengths uh for chloe everything in her mind is justifiable and we as an audience recognize that and i think it just adds another layer of understanding and humanity to a character that is you know obviously (laughs) obviously you know, not a good person,
2: Yeah, but at least there's a level
0: of understanding there, which I appreciated. There are so many moments
2: in like the third act of this film where she looks horrified by what she herself is doing. Like she's only just now realizing the depths to which she's willing to go. And I thought that was such a super effective acting choice on the part of Sarah Paulson Because, like, yeah, this woman, like, she's clearly fucked up. But, like, she's just realizing herself how really fucked up she is. And I feel like that's not a note that most people would play with this kind of character.
0: Yeah, because she's never had to go to these extremes yeah. in, what, 17 years probably? Yeah. You know, she's been living in 17 years of bliss uh, with this uh, person that's her daughter, mm-hmm. air quotes. And, you know, she hasn't had to confront, you know, obviously the thing that triggered all of this in the first place. And I do believe that, you know, the uh, emotion and ro- just raw emotion of mm-hmm. that performance, like it's not one that I would, you know, argue for, Awards attention, but it's definitely better than I think movies of this caliber that we normally receive. Like it, like it's definitely better than that. It, it it goes above and beyond.
2: Agreed.
1: Yeah, Sarah Paulson, I really love it when she does get to shine in stuff that's like outside the Ryan Murphy universe, because I I, I think we're at a point now where whenever she appears like in one of his projects, people have a certain assumption of a kind of character that she's going to play, and she does it well enough, but I feel like at a certain point it gets a bit limiting for her as an actress, and it's nice to see something like this which allows her to play, like, a really fully kind of fleshed-out character that has some genuine, like, dimension to her, and I kind of feel like, You don't get to see that a lot in some of the other projects that she works on. So it's always a nice opportunity to see her kind of break free from that a bit and show you what she's really capable of. And I agree that every moment that she's on screen is like a really like fascinating portrayal and just really shows how talented she is.
0: Yeah, definitely. This is not uh, enjoyable family watching material over the Thanksgiving holiday, but it's definitely one that I, I, I look forward to hopefully watching it with uh, a, a semi uh, decent <laughs> Uh, crowd, because uh, like I, I want to send a couple of family members down and watch this to get that uh, reaction out of them the same way that we were talking before that we would hope to get from an uh, actual theater audience if this movie was being released in theaters. So uh, definitely uh, something to recommend uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday on Hulu right now. Dan, final thoughts on Run. What grade would you give it?
2: There's so many like little moments in the... A uh, screenplay in the filmmaking that I just love. Um, one of them is after the um, after the rooftop sequence when she's then trying to get back into her room, and you there's this really cool angle of her crawling out, and then you realize, oh, they did that angle because they needed to show us that uh, mom cut the phone line. Yes, mm-hmm. the the use of sound throughout the movie is just like a plus sound work. Um, I think. And, like, they're the moment, again, like, in that, the start of that rooftop sequence when, um, where she is realizing that she's trapped in her room. And other movies would, like, totally make, you know, a dum-dum sound when she realized that the door is is locked. But instead, this movie gives us nothing, no sound. Um, I love it. Most of my notes for this movie, by the way, are just exclamation points. <laughs> uh, because, <laughs> How good it is, uh, or like how like how I felt about everything in it, I guess. Um, and yeah, uh, the the one thing, the one thing that I'm not sure that I love about Sarah Paulson's performance is the um the big. I saved you from them. Oh yeah, um, that's the one moment where it kind of tips into camp for me, and like. Not that I don't appreciate a good moment of camp, but it, it everything There's else, good
1: camp movie, and bad camp,
2: yeah, and everything else in the movie seemed so um, uh, more measured than that. I guess Kira Allen's delivery of "Please don't do something bad" is so good, and that is such a good line. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just the concept of, like, this daughter telling her mother, like, please, what are you going to do? Please don't do something bad. And the way she delivers it is heartbreaking. Um, <laughs> I love uh, Sarah Paulson's hair and makeup in the final scene. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so good. There, there's definitely, like, a meme reaction shot there that you know if utilized properly could definitely get a good reaction on uh, the internet. Definitely. (laughs) Uh
2: looping back to the beginning of the movie for just a bit, I love that opening sequence. It's so well edited, but I also love how it just introduces up to the introduces us to the layout of the house so well without being obvious about it. So that when that rooftop sequence comes, we are like, oh, shit, she has to get all the way across and blah, blah, blah. Like, we know already all that she has to do and where she has to go and how difficult it's going to be. Um, and I think it's just really, really smart filmmaking, and I love it. And I think it is it just so good at what it's at what it's about to do. Um, I am at an 8 out of 10 for this. Nice. Josh, what about you?
1: So I think that most of my um, feelings have already been said. I, I really just feel like it's a very just thoroughly entertaining movie that is really lifted by the performances and the filmmaking on display. And I think that just really from beginning to end, you just find yourself so enthralled by what's happening. I do think that Some of the contrivances do bring it down a little bit, which, to be honest, was something that even Searching was kind of guilty of. Like, it also ran into third-act problems, and I think that's sort of just the nature of thrillers like these. And that was a bit disappointing, but I still found myself very entertained by the movie, and I think that that is sort of the hallmark of what you're looking for in movies like this. And it still manages to give you some pretty interesting characters along the way, so... Uh, I still found myself really enjoying the film. I think people should definitely check it out. And I think I'm going to agree with Dan and be uh, an 8 out of 10.
0: Uh, Kira Allen is one of the great finds of this year. She's definitely going to make my breakout performance uh, list. I think she's amazing in this movie. And one of the things that, you know, is a connecting theme between searching and run that I appreciate that Anish has done so far, and I hope that he continues to do this, is that there is a connecting theme of family You know, searching was between a daughter and a father. This time, it's a mother and a daughter. And I think that that is the secret ingredient as to why both films have worked so far, is he's able to uh, tap into something that we all care about and something that is able to allow us to enjoy these thrillers on an extra added level of um, emotion. And so... I'm in awe right now of uh, Anish, and I can't wait to see what he does in the future because I really do believe that there is some really, really, really exciting potential here for, like, true greatness. Um, I think he's two for two right now. So, yeah, uh, I'm going to fall in line. Eight out of ten as well for Run. I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie quite a bit. All right. So uh, any awards potential for Run? No.
2: No. I mean, like, Saturn Awards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as much as I hate to say that, because it's so much better than that implies. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But let's be real. Yeah. yeah, let's be real.
1: Yeah, although I do agree with you, Matt, that I think, like, there are so many things that show you how much the people involved are on just such a great trajectory for things in the future. Like, I I think Kira Allen, like, you're right. This is, like, a pure discovery right here, and I can't wait to see what she does in the future and the same for uh, Anish Shiganti. I think that he really knows how to tell like these very interesting and engaging thrillers, but put in these very also engaging characters at the same time. And I don't know if that will ever translate into something like the Academy Awards will buy into, but I think that that is laying the groundwork for something that is really going to blow a lot of people away. That is both entertaining and also so rewarding from a performance and craft level. And I'm so excited to see what he's going to be working on in the future.
2: Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll do it here for our review of run here on the next best picture podcast. Dan, tell everyone where they can find you on the internet.
2: You can run to me at dance and Dan on film on Twitter.
0: That was very clever. Thank you. Josh, where can I find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, you can find me at, at JR Parham.
0: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Run here on the Next Best Picture podcast, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. You can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. And if you're feeling generous, head on over to iTunes, leave us a review there, rate us five stars, drop us a comment. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get exclusive podcast content from us.